course, the Athletic is is based out of the Bay Area, right. and that's been you know one of its best markets. Um, the headquarters are there, and they do do extremely well um, with the Warriors and all of the pro pro teams uh, in that market. Um, I've worked well. I've I've been there for a short time, of yeah. course, but Days. I've worked. Uh, you know, I've worked with the the guys and and women on the on the college side. So, and, and I knew a lot of them uh, from ESPN, mm-hmm. and also just from having been in this in this uh, area of, of covering college sports for for a long time. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, people have come to this in pro sports and in college from all different all different backgrounds, newspapers, you know, other digital areas. And, um, yeah, it was great to be able to walk in there and, and know a lot of people right away. So, Mitch, uh, what is it about the athletic that was uh, the most attractive to you, and why would you make that jump from, from ESPN to the athletic? Well, I mean, it was a personal and a professional decision for me. Um, personally, it was important to be able to cover something that was, you know, that was meaningful to me. Um, and it's not that I wasn't doing that at ESPN, but I was covering a lot of things at ESPN, and I was jumping around. And that was good for, for you know, I would say all of the eight years that I was there. Um, you know, but, it, but as, I got, as I got separated by time more over the years from doing the local coverage that I did at, ESPN, or at, at the Omaha World Herald, um, I, I, missed, I missed that some. Um, you know, I did do some Nebraska coverage at ESPN, um, but Nebraska is not Alabama or Ohio State um, to the, the largest sports media company in the world. And, uh, you know, if this had been the 90s, it would have been a great time to, to, to be around that program uh, for ESPN, but it's not. And Nebraska struggled in recent years in football, and there's still stories to tell. Um, but doing it at The Athletic and, and, and telling these stories at The Athletic, you know, it really opened things up for me to, to be able to to write the kind of stories that I want to write and, and have them be on a, on a subject that means something to me. I've, you know, I've lived in Nebraska all, all my life, um, except for a few months when I was in college uh, and went away for a summer. And, you know, the stories of the people here uh, are important to me. And, you know, I think the, the, the people of Nebraska in a lot of ways are, are inseparable from the stories around the university and around the, the football program. So, um, you know that was a big part of it. From um, I would I would say that impacted me. That, that was that was part of the personal and the professional decision. But you know I've got a um, two young kids, and um, it's nice to be able to to schedule my travel here in in the month of March and, and know essentially where I'm going to be every weekend in the fall. You know I'll be on the road with with Nebraska football, or you know maybe chasing uh, other stories about players or or recruits. Um, but it's all going to be, or, or largely going to be, connected to Nebraska. So there's, a, you know, there's there's a, a good feeling about that too. And and then, you know, a huge part of it also was what this company is doing. And you know, it's it's new. Um, this is not ESPN. This is not uh, the 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 established brand, of course, that ESPN is. But the growth that the Athletic has has seen in the last couple of years. Um, is something that I think everybody in this business has taken notice of. And if you if you look at the at the writers and the editors that the Athletic has brought on board in a short time, 
uh, it's it's impressive in in you know in my area in in covering colleges and then definitely in in pro sports too. So, you know, I wanted to find out more about that and you know had an opportunity kind of a short window here, you know, where my my contract was was up with ESPN and you know I had the opportunity to renew it, which was which was great to have things to choose from and uh, weigh the options and uh, you know spent a lot of time talking to the people at the athletic um, and in the this this winter and this is uh you know this is where my heart was and and uh, um, you know so far really happy about the decision so you will be mitch a, a kind of a one man band uh, covering Nebraska will you have a lot of say in in what you do and how you do the stories and what you cover yeah I mean that's a great part about this job. Um, and, you know, I, I think this is true in most sports writing jobs. You have a lot of say in what you cover, and that was generally the case at ESPN. Um, you know, if you're not coming up with story ideas on your own, then there's probably something wrong with with the process and, and how it's going, or, or how you're how you're doing it. So that wasn't a problem in the past, but it's definitely uh, you know it's definitely a plus here that that I get to I get to drive the coverage. Um, yeah, it is essentially a one man show um there are national writers uh, with the athletic uh, much like there were national there are national writers at espn um that that will will come you know in and out of lincoln occasionally um bruce feldman is a, a well-known national name he does tv for fox and he's a national writer for for the athletic and um he's visiting nebraska this spring to, to uh to write something but the you know the daily weekly coverage the stories that are going to drive subscribers to Nebraska coverage are are, are all going to be handled by me and you know this is something where, where they you know there's there's 30 or 40 schools uh, where the athletic has this set up and I don't think any two of the writers who cover a team uh, a college program it's not just one team there's some basketball involved too and there could be things in, in other sports if the stories are right but I don't think any any writer who covers one program, one school, uh, does it the same way as someone else. Um, you know, the challenge for me in these, in this first year is, is going to be figuring out, you know, what resonates with, with my readers, with, uh, with, with fans of Nebraska, you know, do they want to read all about the nuts and bolts of the team? Um, or do they want to read, I think this is generally the, the way the athletic goes. They want to read more developed, stories about the personalities, about trends, about things that are going on within the team, um, or you can you can spend some time and, and dig into a story. Um, and that's what I started with was a, a big piece on, on Adrian Martinez and his life, and you know, hopefully we'll be able to do a lot of things like that. So for those of, of, of those people listening who, who aren't familiar with what The Athletic is, I, I subscribe to it, and I've Talked to a number of the people. I've interviewed Paul Fichtenbaum, um, and 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 so. But explain to us what makes this digital sports property uh, different than just about every other, if not every other, digital sports property that's covering sports. They're not aggregating. Um, it's all original content. Uh, there are dedicated writers, you know, as I am now on Nebraska, to every every uh, professional sports team in North America, a uh, major professional sports team in North America. And, um, you know, as I said, three or four dozen college programs. Um, 
So, you know, we have the athletic has the, the staff, the manpower to be able to go, go out and do in-depth on-site coverage of just about everything that, you know, you're, you're going to want as a sports fan. And, and, and it's, it's subscription based. Um, you know, you can sign up for a year for three or $4 a month and you get the whole network. So if you're a Nebraska fan, for instance, but you're a Chicago Cubs fan or a Kansas City Royals fan or a Kansas City Chiefs fan, Minnesota Vikings, whatever it is, you know, you're going to get all of that too. And I, I think that that separates it somewhat from uh, some of the other networks that are out there that, you know, that, that provide uh, premium coverage, subscription-based coverage. You're getting essentially one team or one sport when you, when you sign up for that. With, with this model – you know, you, you, you get it all. Um, and you know, the, the, what we're striving for here is you get all of it to be, to be quality content and it's ad free too. So that's going to be a different experience in the digital space for subscribers than really just about anywhere else, you yeah. know, whether it's a newspaper site or, or um, you know, another another sports network. Not only ad free, Mitch, but also those obnoxious videos don't pop up, and uh, and really annoying kinds of things that have driven people crazy and driven away some people away from digital products. Right? It's as clean as you can be. Yeah, um, and you know that was a huge selling point. I think with with subscribers at the beginning, potential subscribers at the beginning, and I, I think now. Um, you kind of take it for granted when you go to the site or use the app that you're not going to get stuck on a page because as you said, a video is playing or it won't let you go back. Um, you know, it's, this is, um, it's kind of a new concept and, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be able to put my, put my content into a space like that where it's as reader friendly as it is. Mitch Sherman is the new uh, Nebraska reporter. I don't know. Do you have a, a title or what, what, uh, the, Nebraska correspondent. What is it? Call me a staff writer. I think okay. on my uh, my official uh, <laughs> documentation. That's what it says. But uh, Nebraska writer, college sports writer. We'll do some other stuff too. You okay. know, I've covered the College World Series for for twenty plus years. Um, every June in Omaha, and and that's a time in the college football calendar where things aren't busy. Um, you know, there's there's a few things going on in June, but it's one of the quieter months of the year, at least for access to players and coaches from the media. So, um, you know, and, and that this is, this is something that the athletic will, will afford me that, uh, you know, I'm happy about is that, um, I can, I can still cover the college world series here in town, but do it, um, in a little bit different way. I've always covered with the SPN and with the world Herald, um, the, the, uh, you know, the college stories and more likely what I would do for the athletic and will do for the athletic is to write about some of the prospects, um, who were recently drafted by major league teams. Um, you generally are going to have four or five first round picks who the draft is about a week before the college world series. So, um, those players are going to be, um, on the minds of the fans, of the teams who drafted them and the writers for those teams, of course, it's the middle of the major league season, so they're going to be on site covering games around the country. So, um, you know, the way I hope it works is that uh, those players come to Omaha. Um, there's a few of them, and I can spend some time writing stories about about those guys during those two weeks, 
and uh, and then feed it to our to our major league editors. Mitch Sherman is with the Athletic. I'm John Schrader, and this is Watch the Media. I find it interesting that the the tagline, the slogan, um, "Fall in love with the sports page again," is the hook for the Athletic. But you never have to worry about a billion-dollar printing press, and you don't have to worry about trucks all over the place dropping the newspapers off in bundles and then grabbing them and throwing them on your doorstep. So it is sports journalism. It is the sports page, but it is delivered in a way on our phones, especially that people consume information now. I, I guess the question I have for you is, why in the world, with all their money and all their people and all their years of history, that the new Newspaper business didn't come up with this idea first. You know, if I had the answer to that question, um, I, I probably wouldn't have to uh, have to write stories. For you know, on an island in the Pacific or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I worked for a newspaper for a long time, and, and still more than half of my career. And you know, if you look back and transport yourself to. 2001 and, and see what was going on digitally then and, and you know, how the content was being was being shared and given away for so for so long you know I just think that made it that made it really difficult it's still difficult for newspapers um, to go to their audience and and require a subscription to read content that they've gotten free for so long and you know I, it's, I suppose it feels different for an audience with a new product like this, a different kind of product like this, because it's always been, you know, since in, in, in the two or three years that this has been around the athletic, it's been something that, that, you know, if you, if you want our work, well, I mean, of course, it's like, it's like if you, if you go to a doctor, you know, you pay for the services and newspapers for so long gave it away. Um, and it's difficult to, to kind of change the game in the middle. And, and, you know, it's good to see that certainly some of them, are are getting it down and figuring it out and making money in the digital space but you know at at the at the same time we just continue to see um staff reductions and, and difficult times at papers around the country which which isn't good for anybody and that's not what that's not what people who work uh in in the in in digital want to see you know journalism is a good thing um wherever it is so um, you know, it's it's. Uh, I'm glad that that this product uh, is, is do, has done well, but it's it's hard to see others that that, uh, that struggle. Yeah, that's what concerns me the most. Not just as somebody who who spent 30 years in the broadcast journalism business, or uh, and somebody who's in the in the education business now as well. It's not the loss of newspapers. It's not the loss of jobs. Those are a concern, considerable concern. It's the journalism part of it that concerns me, and how that journalism is going to be paid for, and how much. Um, a new generation of people, especially, are willing to pay for that journalism. Are you convinced that the new ger- uh, generation of uh, of consumers are ready, willing, and able to pay for the services that um, journalists provide um, digitally and subscriptionally? Well, I think there's always there's more there's as much or more of an appetite now for good journalism as there has been with previous generations. Just about finding the way to, to to get the product to the consumers and market it in the best way, um, and, and I don't know that, 
that I have the answer to that, as, to, as to what the best way is. You know, I leave that to people who start companies and, and, and run companies. But, um, but yeah, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I believe that, that, that people will, will still, um, will pay for, for good content. Um, and, and, um, you know, it needs to be there. Uh, you know, this goes way beyond my area in sports, but uh, you know, good journalism and local journalism is incredibly important, I would say, to our society as a whole. And, uh, you know, I think there's enough people, regardless of the generation, who understand that, that, um, you know, in, in, there, there will be a way for for this to this to work for for our industry to work um it's just finding the um the vehicle to deliver it to each to each um you know generation of, of people you know like somebody who is uh, a baby boomer is, is going to digest it in a different way than a millennial so uh, you know and we'll continue to have to adjust mm-hmm. adjusted tremendously just in in my career uh you know from the time that i was in journalism college and being trained to to right now it's it's night and day different and uh you know i would I don't see any reason why it's it's just going to stay like this now uh, it's I, I would think that the the way that our product is marketed to the public will will change and we'll have to change with it mm-hmm. over the years to come so one of the things that struck me when I talked with your editor, Paul Fichtenbaum, uh, former Sports Illustrated editor, uh, was that we are, quote, doing the second day story today. Could you explain to us, our, our listeners, what he means or what you all mean as an entity when you, you want to do the second day story today? Right. Well, what, well, what I think he means is, is that the second day story that you, that you would normally do in a traditional form, like a new, newspaper writing, is that, well, the first day story is going to be a story about a game. And, you know, the game story, I think, in, in today's world is, is outdated. And, you know, we had come to that realization long ago, I would say, at ESPN. I didn't go to, to games at ESPN and, and write a, a play-by-play account of what happened on the field. Um, you know, that... <laughs> I did it in college, um, maybe in early in early days at the at the Omaha World Herald. But you know, fans see the game now. Mm-hmm. They see it on their phone. They follow it on Game Tracker on the on the ESPN app um, or or whatever it is they're they're using to track games. And they don't need to know that uh, you know Adrian Martinez threw a touchdown pass in the second quarter, forty five yards to. J.D. Spielman. They, I mean, these are these are uh, those are the nuts and bolts, and you know you're going to get to them in your analysis. But the second day story is something deeper. It's you know coming back to take another look at it from a different angle. And you can do the if you can do the second day story on the first day after the game, or even the day of the game. Uh, you know, I think you're getting ahead of your competitors. You're doing something that. Uh, your, your audience, today's audience, is going to appreciate more, and is going to get trained to, to come back to you as um, you know as a media outlet to 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 get that kind of of um, analysis more quickly than they would in, in a traditional sense, where day one you write about the game, day two you write about what it means. So 
writing about what it means on day one uh, is it, it seems to be a, a pretty good method of operation for the athletic. And I would say uh, that there are others in sports journalism who are moving in that direction now, too. Yeah, and I think, um, and it's difficult too for the newspaper delivery and and the 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 newspaper man or woman of today has to um, provide the social media updates every minute. They have to provide some kind of a very quick recap of what happened two minutes after the coach got fired, and then they still have to write five hundred words in the newspaper the next day. And those are all three different kinds of formats of storytelling with different kinds of deadlines and different kinds of target audiences. Some times, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you have to be, uh, be multi-talented. You know, this, is, this is political coverage, it's, it's entertainment coverage, uh, it's sports. The, the audience is watching along with you and expects more than just the, the, the blow-by-blow. So, yeah, as you said, I mean, you, you're, there, there's coverage that's done on social media, there's coverage that's done in the immediate aftermath of an event, and then there's the coverage that occurs in the uh, you know in the in the in the time you know moving forward, and it's all a different kind of skill set. Um, and and I, you know, if you're, I think if you're successful as a as a journalist, you, you need to, you need to be, be able to do all of that. And if you're and if you're successful as a as a media entity, you need to be skilled at showcasing your journalist's ability. To, to provide all of that, so it's it's tricky, but but you know I I, I guess you learn on the learn on the fly. <laughs> yeah, there you I go. Get, I, I certainly didn't get trained in tweeting <laughs> uh, in, in college, but but uh, you know maybe it comes naturally yeah. and, and you figure it out over the years. Well, one of the things that we that's important to us, and we're chatting with Mitch Sherman of the Athletic. New, brand new staff writer covering Nebraska sports and other things. I'm John Schrader. This is Watch the Media. One of the things that we learn quickly in journalism is to be adaptable, and you certainly have to be adaptable. One of the things, too, that we always had to do was look at a deadline. We look at the clock, and if you're a local news person, you say 6 o'clock, woo, and 10 o'clock, woo, or 11 o'clock, or a 1 a.m. sports center, whatever it is. These are deadlines. These are times when your product has to be as refined as possible and delivered at that particular time. In the newspaper business, it was a 10.30 or 11 o'clock, depending on what the story was. You had to have it in so it could get edited, and again, so they could put the ink on the paper and put it in the truck and take it and throw it on your doorstep. Okay, that's a long preamble to a simple question. What is the deadline regimen for you folks at The Athletic? It's a good question, and, you know, I'm like a weekend of the job, so uh, I'll find out more about that when I get into a football season or a basketball season. Um, but I can tell you it still exists. It's definitely more flexible than what, you know, in, in, in a lot of instances than what I would find in a newspaper because, you know, there is no, uh, there, there is no uh, deadline for the, for the paper in the same sense with The Athletic that there is. Uh, with a newspaper that has to be printed and then delivered in a truck. Um, you know, one thing I, I, I value about the product at The Athletic is in many instances, we want to put out the best content. And if that means it takes an hour longer or a day longer in the case of a, of a deep dive, then that's okay. Um, you know, I think the re- readers at The Athletic have come to expect a certain kind of quality and it's not always about how fast can you get it out. 
Um, now, if I'm at a game or I'm writing reaction to a major news event, you can't take an extra day. <laughs> you can't take an extra eight hours. It's not all of a sudden I can relax because I write for this website now. And there are other people's schedules to consider, too. You know, it's not going to be beneficial for the company for me to file a story at 2 in the morning. It could have been done six hours before. So there's lots of things to take into consideration, but some of the rigidness that exists, you know, as you mentioned, with a TV newscast or a newspaper deadline, um, it, it, it's different for, for a website like this. And I experienced that at ESPN, too. Um, I, there, there's definitely a, there, there was an urgency in that job that was different from a newspaper. It was different. There were, there were different reasons to have that urgency. There's all all kinds of metrics that, you know, I'm not necessarily privy to that people, um, who, who work at, at ESPN or at the athletic, um, you you know, are, are going to analyze. And, you know, there's a, there's a window after a game ends when you know that your readers are going to be engaged and are going to be looking for content on that game. And if you don't hit that window, then you're not going to have as many people read your story. And at The Athletic, that's going to mean fewer people will subscribe based off the story that you wrote because they're just not going to see it. Um, and if it's, a, if it's a, um, a website like ESPN where the majority of the content is free, well, then it's not going to have as many page views and you're not going to be able to generate as much revenue for advertising. So there's always you know, something pushing you to get that story out. There's always a deadline, so to speak, but the, um, you know, the, the intricacies of it are different at, um, at this level than they are at a, at a, at a newspaper in, in the way that I experienced it for the first 13 years of my career. You mentioned a little while ago that, you know, leaving the biggest sports media operation in the world. And of course, um, ESPN is part of what now, as Disney purchased uh, 21st, much of 21st Century Fox, now may be the largest media uh, business uh, in the world. So you're, a, a, I don't want to say little, but you're just a piece of this massive machinery. And now you're in a company that is a startup. Do you feel like you're sort of the plucky startup guy now after you left the huge, big plant with a zillion people around? Yeah, I mean, in comparison to ESPN and Disney, absolutely. Um, I don't feel like it in a sense that, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I have apprehension or um, insecurity. Uh, I, I think if, if I had joined the Athletic on day one or in, in the first few months, um, then, then, yeah, I mean, certainly you're going to have those kind of questions. But, you know, just because you work for, a, um, you know, a giant company, I, I don't know that it, 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 it makes you feel all that much more, um, secure, but uh, you know, maybe I'm getting off 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 topic there. Yeah, no, I, um, I know what you mean. Yeah. The, the, um, the you know, definitely at ESPN and at Disney, you're 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 you are a small part of a giant operation, and that's you know, it's not as much the case here. Um, I mean, it's nice to be able to get a note from the co-founder of the company on day one, um, as opposed to you know, uh, so that, that's not something that would happen. I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't get notes, um, fr- personal notes. I did get emails, but I didn't get personal notes. I'm from, sorry, Bob Iger didn't send you uh, from, uh, notes right, from yeah. the CEO of Disney. No, that didn't happen. And I think there were probably some at, at ESPN who did, but I wasn't, 
I wasn't uh, I wasn't lucky enough to receive that. But I mean, it's 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 different for sure. But um, you know, I I think it's something I'm going to enjoy. Let me put this in sort of a metaphorical way. Um, you know, it's a lot easier to turn a yacht around than it is to turn a cruise liner around. You're now kind of working on a yacht, and you used to work on a cruise liner. Um, has has ESPN done a pretty good job of moving that cru- that that uh, cruise ship around into the new world of media delivery, considering how darn big it is and how how difficult it is to make massive changes? Yeah, I mean, ESPN's always looking for new ways to new ways to innovate, and that's something that amazed me about that company in the eight years that I was there. And I'd say even before I was, I went to ESPN, but in, you know, you see it on a more close up level when you work there. And you, you know, you get some of the internal emails and you hear conversations. I mean, I'm out here in Omaha, Nebraska, so uh, it's not like I'm in the offices in Bristol hearing hearing as much as as uh, the people who are there. I would go to Bristol like once or twice a year uh, in Connecticut, but um, but definitely you get a sense of what the company's doing and what the new initiatives are. And they ESPN I, to me was a place that that never rested on its success. It has not rested on its success. You know, some of the changes that it makes might not always work out in the best way, and then they're going to make another change. But the impressive thing is that they're motivated enough and driven to understand that they that they are always going to have to be adjusting. And that's just that's just a a reality in the media business. Uh, it, you know, if you're successful on on Monday doing it one way, that doesn't guarantee that that it's going to work that way on Tuesday. And I think the executives at ESPN and at Disney have all, you know, from from my little opinion here, far far away, mm. have have always recognized that, and, and I saw that 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 constant uh, desire to want to look at it from a different angle. What can we be doing different here? Um, you know, I, I saw that uh, at work all the time. So it is a cruise ship for sure, um, but it's easier to turn it when when you're when you're kind of always at the wheel and you always have your, your hand on the, on the wheel. It's not just, uh, you know, on cruise control. And then you just, you, you have to make that turn suddenly. I think their ESPN has always thought about, you know, what it could do to, to make its product better, to make its product, um, resonate with its audience in a, in a, in a changing world. Uh, it's, that's, that seems in, in, in my time there for sure that that was, that was a constant. You know, every job we have, we take something away from it. You learned a lot about being a journalist, I'm sure, at the World Herald, and you took that with you to ESPN, and now you take that information with you to the Atlantic. Atlantic uh, the Athletic. What do you? What did you feel like in those eight years at ESPN that you you took with you that you didn't have, or the the strengths you gained, or the kinds of of things that 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 made you who and what you are that made you attractive to the Athletic? Well, I mean, there's a lot. Uh, you know, I, I even in, in week one at, at the athletic, I was, you know, using skills that I learned at ESPN and, and even, you know, tapping into resources that I had at ESPN. I mean, for, for instance, like this is, this is a, a one example. Uh, the, in, in my first week of writing, I, I, Tim Miles, the Nebraska basketball coach, was, was fired. And, you know, I was, I was, tasked to to write a piece from the press conference uh, after his firing and uh, as I was heading into to do that I got a call from or I got a text 
from an old ESPN colleague who's now at the Big Ten Network, and he wanted to know if I'd be available to go on their on their show that night and talk about the the uh, situation at Nebraska. And yeah, I mean, and, and that's a and that's a, a connection that I that I made through ESPN. People in the media business move around, and you know, if if you have good relationships, you stay in touch, no matter where you're at. And you know, here I was, like three days into covering this beat and I was five o'clock came around or five thirty, whatever it was. And I was on the big 10 network. So, you know, that's, that's because of connections I made at ESPN and, and you know, hopefully that kind of thing can continue. Uh, you know, it, and it goes, it goes way beyond that. I mean, in my time at the world Herald, much like what I'm doing now, I was largely covering Nebraska. And then the other 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 things I did, but it was the Omaha World Herald, and I was assigned to Nebraska. And then I spent eight years where I was covering, you know, any anywhere I it could be in in California one month and Florida the next. So I think it's it's good to get that that kind of different perspective on how things work in the sports world, you know, outside of your own little home region. So, you know, I'm going to cover Nebraska now differently because of the experiences that I got in going around the country and covering other programs and, and athletes and coaches in, in various regions. So yeah. you know, that's, that's something about ESPN for sure. And an experience there that'll, that'll help me in this new job. Yeah. I found that when I came back here to Nebraska, I grew up here and, and worked in the Bay area for a long time and then came back here as a college professor, but you do have a perspective having watched and now you've lived in Omaha, but you've worked outside of that circle right. right and if you work outside of that circle you are forced to have a different kind of view forced to have a different perspective on what you're seeing no matter how close you are to that circle and when you look outside it certainly helps you get a pretty darn good uh, perspective um so let me ask you this mitch um if if you had an opportunity to talk to that 20-year-old Mitch Sherman when he was in college and that 20-year-old Mitch Sherman sitting in class right now and you're standing up there in front of the class and you're talking with these uh, young people and, and knowing what you know at this point, what do you tell that young man about what the sports journalism business is today and what kind of advice would you give to him or her? I always tell young writers or broadcasters, just journalists in general, you know, we're, 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 we're kind of all grouped together at this point to, to just be, be versatile and be, be able to change, um, to be adaptable and, and, you know, go where the, the industry is going to take you, you know, don't expect that because you do your job one way that you're going to do it the same way a year later or a month or even a month later. Um, you, if if you don't have that kind of flexibility, then you know you're likely to get left behind, and that can happen if you're 28 years old or 58 years old. So um, that 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 to me is is, is the number one thing I, that I think young young journalists need to know. Um, I think there's a tendency if you're if you're that age and you're you know you're in college, and I'm sure I thought this way too that you know you're cutting edge, you're learning the newest things. And, you know, you, you, you have no worries about, uh, you know, not, not having the opportunity, not having the best opportunities that are out there. Well, there's going to be another class right behind you that's going to get training in even more modern and, and newer 
technology and, and practices. So just stay sharp and, you know, use, use your experience to your advantage. Uh, like, you know, your, your experience can be a, an advantage or a disadvantage, I suppose, but, uh, you know, use it to your, use it to your advantage and, uh, and, and always remember to, um, you know, to, to, to be flexible. One of the things I know about uh, what you're you're doing in in your delivery in the athletic is you you, you want to do what newspapers do and what radio stations do and what what media in general try to do is keep them as long as possible, right? In the broadcast business, we call it time spent listening. Uh, in your business, it's uh, time spent engaged or whatever the whatever the buzzwords mm-hmm. are. So that's your job, right? Is to if, if you get them there, you don't want them wandering around someplace else. You want them to stay for a while, and you have sophisticated tools that'll tell you exactly how long that audience stays there and what you need to do to keep them, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's all kinds of metrics that, uh, you know, our company has has at its fingertips that can tell you everything that you need to know um, about what your audience is doing and how long they're engaged and, you know, of course, whether they're using your article as a means to subscribe to the product. Um, so, you know, I think those tools are good. Generally, they're good for, for reporters to, uh, to, to view. Um, but, you know, I try not to get too caught up in that. Um, the athletic does have, you know, and I'm just getting on board, so I'm starting to learn about our resources. But, you know, the athletic does have, uh, you know, people on staff who can who who can share with the writers, you know, what works with our audience, and it's a different kind of audience than it is, you know, if I'm at the Omaha World Herald or at ESPN. When I was at the World Herald, of course, none of the um, none of the uh, um, you know digital content was was monetized. Um, or at least it wasn't monetized from a subscription basis, so I didn't have to worry about, you know, where my story was going to cut off, uh, you know, and ask a ask a reader to subscribe. So, and that's something I have to take into consideration now, and and it's something that I, I'm sure I will get, you know, more accustomed to as as the the time goes on with the athletic. So you you guys um, cover. Um professional sports in the athletic and in major league cities. And then you have a number, would you say 30 or 40 kind of college Correct. markets, right? How different are those markets? Um, how different um, do you have to approach that or do you approach that differently at all? Um, well, you know, for me and what I have to take into consideration, you know, I'm not writing for one of the, one of the city sites. Um, and there are some in my, in my position um, you know, like let's take Ohio State and, you know, the Ohio State writers and there's a, a football writer and a basketball writer at the athletic for Ohio State. Um, they, they have to, they work in part in, in you know, in, in cooperation with the, 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 uh, the Cleveland uh, site for the athletic. And, you know, I, I, I guess I don't know how to, to, to the, to the writers at Ohio State about how that works. Um, you know the the kind of cooperation that they have with the, the the other Cleveland writers, but I'm sure that there there definitely has to be some collaboration. For me, in, in the way it's set up right now, um, you know I'm I'm kind of a lone wolf out here. There is no athletic Omaha that that is covering anything else in Omaha. Um, you know the closest the closest city to me that has uh, dedicated coverage for teams in that city is Kansas City, and uh, you know I'm sure there'll be there. A fair amount of crossover between my audience and fans of those Kansas City pro sports teams, and maybe that means something to me down the road. Um, it's maybe it's something that that I'll consider in, in the way that I 
behave uh, socially, you know, the kinds of things, not, I, I don't mean like out in public, but like on social media, um, you, you know, what, the kinds of things that I post, um, you know, certainly there's the opportunity to like cross promote, um, you know, the, 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 the content of, of um, you know, nearby metro areas. And I, I, I would guess that might be the first thing that somebody who works in covering Ohio State would have, would, would have to and want and want to consider. Uh, you know, are you are you promoting Cleveland Browns content or Cleveland Cavaliers content? Um, you know, it, maybe in the future it'll be something that I want to consider in uh, in knowing who my audience is. If I find out that there's a large chunk of my audience that uh, are Minnesota Twins fans, then it might be good for me to uh, you know to cater to them some way in what I'm in what I'm tweeting. But honestly, like you bringing up that question is is, is like the first time. Uh, that, that that I've given that much thought, and, and you know maybe that's uh, that's a conversation that that I'll have with uh, with people at the athletic down the road. I'm sure the folks in uh, San Francisco have uh, thought about all these things and then a whole lot more. So, hey, Mitch, thanks a million for your time. I appreciate it very much. All right, John. Yeah, good to talk to you. And Mid- uh, good luck with the podcast. Thank you so much. Mitch Sherman is the new Nebraska reporter, the first Nebraska reporter, the pioneer covering uh, Nebraska athletics and uh, other things around here for The Athletic. This is Watch the Media. I'm John Schrader.